This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Editor's Choice for the top news and views in November. Among the major stories we covered this month, a panel advising federal regulators on policy issues recommended organizations involved in any type of health information exchange should be required to have digital certificates to authenticate their identities. The Health IT Policy Committee approved the recommendation, which was prepared by the Privacy and Security Tiger Team. Next, the Office of the National Coordinator for Health Information Technology will consider whether to incorporate the recommendation into new federal rules guiding health information exchanges. The digital certificate requirement is for identifying organizations, and not individuals, that are exchanging electronic health records and other health information through HIEs or other networks. In other words, it addresses the handshake connection between EHR systems or between computers at two organizations, explains Devin McGraw, co-chair of the Tiger team. The authentication requirement is part of a broader effort to build public trust in the exchange of EHRs and other health information. It's designed to ensure no one can assume the identity of an organization to inappropriately access sensitive patient information. In this month's featured blog, I discussed the difficulties the Health IT Policy Committee is having in creating guidelines for how to govern health information exchanges. The idea here is to create an organization along the lines of the Underwriters Laboratory, which certifies the safety of products, to verify that health information exchanges meet federal standards, including those for privacy and security. A governance workgroup has spent many weeks crafting complex, detailed guidelines for governing HIEs. The Health IT Policy Committee, after two hours of reviewing the recommendations, instructed the workgroup to continue its efforts to clarify just how an organization validating HIE compliance would do its job. The High Tech Act, which provided states with funds to spur development of statewide HIEs, also called for development of the Nationwide Health Information Network. NHIN is not an actual network, but it's a set of policies, standards, and services that enable the Internet to be used for secure and meaningful exchange of health information. The idea behind NHIN is to pave the way for the exchange of electronic health records and other information coast to coast by linking various HIEs and other networks that all adhere to the same standards. To make NHIN work, someone needs to offer a seal of approval that an HIE meets the NHIN standards, including those for privacy and security. And that's the crux of the governance issue. HITECH requires federal regulators to issue a rule on NHIN governance, but that's been delayed until next year. I'll be back after a short break to tell you about the rest of our monthly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? If so, the solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. With an ever-expanding syllabus designed for risk management, information security, compliance, and technology officers within the healthcare space, you'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. 
Visit healthcareinfosecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. In this month's featured interview, Ellen Dowling, CEO of the American Health Information Management Association, says staff training, aggressive breach prevention efforts, and strong sanctions for violating policies are key to creating a corporate culture that values privacy and security. To ensure privacy, healthcare organizations must take adequate steps to restrict access to sensitive patient information based on a need-to-know standard, Dowling says. Here's a clip from that interview. We know that function should be restricted according to the users or the person who's um, accessing the information. There are requirements for the use of that information. The military would call this a need-to-know. We do know that when we partition access to information, then we provide protections such that no one individual, if they have malintent, can actually misuse the information entirely. So this kind of breaks down into the areas of management controls. And these are the issues and activities that must be addressed by management in the organization's formal information security program. And these issues focus on the management of the information, the rights of access to the information, how we assure limited access to the information, as I've mentioned, and the other types of activities dealing with policies and procedures and plans that incorporate not only the institution's intent, but also all relevant state and federal regulations and laws. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.